okay? So we're going to be looking at faith this summer, and one of the big things, guys, about faith is it's the idea of believing in something that you can't see, right? And so um, Jesus has resurrected from the dead, all right? In John chapter 20, Jesus has come back from the dead, right? He was crucified, he died, comes back from the dead. All of a sudden, people start to see him. The disciples have been scared this whole time, so they're kind of hidden in a room, right? They're kind of hidden, huddled up together. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up. He doesn't open the door, he doesn't knock, he just shows up in the middle, all right? And so they're all like, obviously freaked out, right? I don't know how many of you have seen what you would think was a ghost, but this is what they saw. They're like, well, no, we saw you die, and now you're standing here. And so the idea is they all get a chance to touch his hands where the nails went in, right? And they all get a chance to touch his side where the spear went in and his feet and get to see the scars. And so all of those disciples that were there were like, okay, yeah, I get it. That's Jesus. I believe that's Jesus. There was so uh, the day, it continues on, and they go tell one of the disciples named Thomas wasn't there that day. He just, I don't know if he didn't get the disciple memo, but Thomas wasn't there. And so they tell Thomas, this is what happened. Jesus showed up, and he's like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I saw him die. I haven't seen him. I don't believe that he's alive. So somehow, again, all the disciples are in a room together. These guys must have really hung out, especially after Jesus died, trying to stay alive because they were fearful of their lives. So again, same thing. They're locked in a room together. Finally, Thomas is there. He evidently got his email and was able to open it up, okay? And so Thomas is there. All of a sudden, same thing. Jesus shows up. Doesn't open the door, doesn't knock. He just shows up in the midst. And all of a sudden, Thomas is like, he still does, he's still not sure, right? And Jesus is like, Thomas, touch my hands, touch my side, touch my feet. And all of a sudden, Thomas believes. Why does Thomas believe? Because he saw it. And Jesus says this, then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Okay. So I have a volunteer. Why don't you come on up, Tucker? Come on up here real quick. Okay. You're going to stand right here. Stop right there. I want you to put that blindfold on your face, okay? Tucker's going to wear a blindfold for us, okay? So, Tucker, can you see anything? No, all right, just stand still, all right? Don't move, okay? So, Tucker can't see anything, right? So, he doesn't understand or know what is going on, okay? So, Tucker, I need you to listen to me and do whatever I ask you to do, okay? Tucker, take two steps straight forward. One, one more, two. All right, stop right there. Take one more big step. All right. Now, can you turn to your right? No, your other right. There you go. Too far right. Turn a little back to the left. All right. Take two more steps forward. All right. Now turn to your left. There you go. See, that homeschool's working, hon. I'm telling you. All right. Turn a little further left. All right. Take two big steps forward. All right. Now turn to your right and stand still, okay? Now what I want you to do... Is do you trust me? Yes. All right, I want you to sit down. Whoa, did you know that chair was there? All right, oh, take that blindfold off. Now, what do you see? What do you see you're sitting on? A chair. A chair. 
All right? So this idea is the same with faith, right? This idea that, so everybody, everybody cover their eyes like this, all right? And this is our, our, our sentence for the day. Our bottom line is, I can't always see, but I trust God who can. So again, and you're like, well, that's neat. He walked. Can you sit down when you didn't see a chair? Again, cover your eyes. I can't see, but I trust God who can. This is the idea of faith. Thanks, Tuck. Why don't you go have a seat, bud? So let's, uh, let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for that we have this story of Thomas and that we can't always see, and yet you say, blessed are those who don't see and still believe. We pray that we'd remember that. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, again, I'm going to encourage you to stay connected, stay with us as we continue to kind of function week by week, right, with everything that's unfolding uh, in the days and weeks to come. So just stay connected. We obviously um, are still doing our online thing because we still can't get everyone in. And so just know that we are uh, praying through all of those things and, and sifting through them to, to find as many ways to get back together as possible. Um, and we have some things coming this summer that we're going to get together in person. So just make sure you, you kind of stay connected and stay involved. And so, um, so we're going to be looking at Hebrews 11 for the summer. All right, this is the series we're going to be kind of going through the, for the summer. If you saw the building, um, I love the banners. Jimmy did a great job designing, but it's this uh, idea, this kind of this superhero comic book idea, which I'm a big fan of. And so what we're going to first do is we're going to read our first three verses in chapter 11. So we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 through 3. It says, Now faith is the assurance or substance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you are so good and so gracious to be patient with us as you explain things over and over and over again. And so often we put so many barriers up in front of ourselves that we can't see through it. God, we pray that as we look at this idea of faith and this concept of faith, that it would start to become clear to us what that looks like and how we can live that way in a world that is pretty much totally against it. God, I pray that you would make the words clear to us. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, I don't know about you guys, but I love superheroes. I love the whole idea of superheroes. I don't know if that makes me a heathen or not, but I just love the idea of superheroes, and we kind of have, we kind of have a love for superheroes in our house, um, and I don't know how many superhero costumes and clothes we have, but it is crazy, okay? And so, I, uh, I have to admit, Captain America is my favorite one. Now, I believe Superman has the most greatest powers, 
but I believe Captain America is like the best, right? I mean, what does he stand for? Truth, justice, right? He's always, I don't, all right, Civil War, I don't know if you saw it, he's always right. I just want you guys to know that. It's, it's not in his nature, right, to go against the grain, to go against the wrong, or to go against the right. It's, it's in his nature to be right, and to be good, and to fight for justice. It's Captain America, okay? But my favorite line is this. When Captain America is fighting and he's kind of getting beat up, does anybody know the line? Anybody? Captain America always says this. What? I can do this all day. And it's this idea that Captain America, he never gives up, right? Even when the chips are down, everything looks totally against him. He still says, I'm going to get up every time. I can do this all day. I'm not sure if any, if there's any line that fits a Christian quite as well as that these days. And that we have to continue to get up. And unfortunately, there are many people right now that have really this hopelessness that is running through them and running through their lives. This world is full of people, right, that are feeling hopeless, things that are weighing us down. I mean, you think normal everyday problems are, are difficult enough, right? Throw in a nice uh, coronavirus, throw in some quarantines and social distancing, throw in some real, real politically charged issues, throw in some racial injustice, some social injustice, throw in some riots, some violence, and then throw in everybody's opinion on top of it. Many people are living in a sense of hopelessness. Right? Life is just hard. This just isn't working. Something's not right. I quit. I give up. Right? And maybe we've even had that sense over the last few weeks. You're like, man, this is, I'm, I'm having trouble seeing through the haze, God. What's interesting about Hebrews 11 is Paul is writing to the exact same crowd. Like, we are not the first ones to deal with difficult issues. Right? Paul is writing to a crowd that feels the exact same way, right? They were tired. They were ready to give up the faith. They weren't quite sure it was worth it, right? This whole thing that was preached to them and taught to them, they're, they're not sure this Christian thing was worth it. What they've been called to is worth it. And they were really questioning, like we've been talking about this whole time, was Jesus really better? Like, is he really going to solve our problems? Is he really going to fix this, which is what leads Paul to discuss this concept of faith, right? And so, and to put it in a little more context, we're going to look back into chapter 10, okay? So we're going to be in chapter 10 for a few, a couple of verses here, and we're going to start in verse 35, and it says this, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the persevering of the soul. Right? There's context. All of a sudden now we see, okay, there's a, we're going to get to what faith is. But first he's going to say, who are those that have faith? Who are those that should live by faith, right? And Hebrews is saying, you know, Paul is saying right here, don't give up. 
don't give in, don't throw in the towel. Instead, have endurance, right? It's like Joe talked about the, uh, the whole marathon thing, all right, which I commend you, but it's craziness, I'm just saying. But right, you have to build up endurance. You have to have endurance. If you don't have it, you will not make it, right? If you do not have it, you won't make it. It's the same idea. Like, we go back to what Captain America said. I can do this all day. He had endurance. When things were difficult, he continued to remember what the goal was, right? And he says, he says it very poignant here. He gets to the point, verse 38, and he says, but my righteous one shall live by faith. So again, before we get to faith, who are the righteous? Just so we're not confused about this crowd that we're dealing with as being the righteous. So we're going to look at a, um, a verse in 2 Corinthians 5.21. And it says this in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It said, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the what? The righteousness of God. Written to believers. Again, Romans 1 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. The righteous are those who have been transformed by the saving power of Jesus Christ. There's no un, kind, kind of righteous Christian. If you call yourselves a Christian, you are righteous. You are the righteous ones. There's no halfway. There's no middle ground. This isn't a special case when God is like, well, my righteous shall live by faith. Right? It says, the righteous man shall live by faith. The disciple, the follower of Jesus, shall live by faith. So those of us who call ourselves Christians, we are in this crowd. So looking at this, right, faith is not an event in our lives. It's a way of life. It fulfills everything that we should be doing, right? It's not something that you have sometimes and you can lose it another faith doesn't give us that option it's like the same idea again go back to the superheroes so they're always superheroes right there's story after story upon guys trying to live a normal life right they're trying to live a normal life and yet the calling upon them is greater than what they continually try to do hawkeye tries to have a normal life iron man tries to have a normal life spider-man just wants to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And yet they can't, because who they are always rises to the top, right? The things that are happening around them call them to do something. And they have to do it. Why? Because they're the superheroes. They're the ones given this gift. They're the ones that have it. Faith is a way of life for the Christian. And again, we're going to get to what faith is so the real question is, if we are not living by faith, we are not yet righteous, right? I mean, according to what the Bible says, if we are not living by faith, we're not righteous. 
We are not yet made righteous. This is, right? this is the difficulty of Hebrews, because it kind of, as you walk through it, man, you, it tests your faith and tests your belief over and over. Why? Because it's going to produce endurance to know that whatever comes our way, that we are followers of Jesus, that we are the righteous ones, that we are living by faith. So it's, it's very difficult to think if we don't, aren't living by faith that we are not yet righteous. If we are not living by faith, we don't have the opportunity to see God working in our circumstances. We're not going to see it. So now let's get to this question of what is faith and how does it work, right? And so this idea, it, it sometimes can be confusing. Well, I, I'm living by faith, right? I'm, this, there should be no confusion. And I hope after, after I solve all of your faith problems this morning that you'll be very excited to know that he was right. So it says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance or substance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith must have substance. Faith must have something that is real and true. So faith, essentially, our faith is only as good as the subject that it's tied to. Right? Our faith is only as good as whatever we're tying it to. If you have faith in the wrong substance, you can have a ton of it. And it's never going to be enough for your circumstances. Why? Because it's not good. Your faith is placed in bad substance. Right? This is the idea of studying the Word of God or not studying it. You can believe the pastor's word for it, or you can get in the Word yourself. And what is your faith? What is the backing of your faith, right? It has to have substance. And if, it's gonna be, if your faith is an inferior substance, it's never going to be enough for your circumstance. It's never going to be enough to grant you the endurance to continue on. Again, that's why Captain America, right? I can do it all day. Why? Because he, whatever his substance was, he believed it that much. So what is faith? So this is kind of the... It is the evidence, proof, or conviction which enables us to perceive unseen things just as if they were seen, to sense spiritual realities just as truly as we sense things by seeing, smelling, hearing, and touching. Through faith, unseen things take on substance and future things take on reality. So, right, the promises of God, often we cannot see those things, right? We can't see the promises, and sometimes they're ahead of us. And so faith allows us to live as, as really those things are true. What's interesting is this, is the amount of faith that you have is not tied to how much faith you possess. It's going to sound confusing, all right? but rather it's tied to how much substance you possess. So let's look at Matthew 17, verse 20. Because Jesus talks about this a lot. He says this, Because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have the faith 
the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So faith, a little bit of faith in the proper substance, the proper subject, is going to bring about great results in our life, right? If we have the proper substance, if we're putting our faith in the right thing, it's going to bring about great results. We could have a ton of faith in the wrong thing, and it's going to continue to bring the walls, right? It's not, there's not going to be results. There's a practice, right, to this faith. Because what makes faith faith is the exact tie to the subject. And so the question is, what is our subject, right? So if our faith is tied to a particular substance, as Christians, what is our substance? And he said it back in verse 36. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of who? You can say it. It's okay. He knows. God. God is the subject, right? He is the subject to which our faith has got to be tied. It's the only thing that we have. So again, I think this should hopefully start to dispel the notion that faith is first and foremost a feeling or an emotion, because it's not. It's not a feeling necessarily. It's not an emotion necessarily. Faith is, is substantial. It has a purpose, right? It's not necessarily how you feel. You could feel faithless and be full of faith. And you can be full of faith and feel faithless. Because it's not first and foremost a feeling. There are things we must know about God if we're to live by faith. There are things we must know if we're going to experience God. And this, that's the point of this summer series is we, we're going to have these list of people, right? And they knew particular things about God that caused them to be able to live the way they lived. And so if we are stumbling in our faith, it's because we are stumbling in our understanding of God and what he's doing. So Hebrews 11.6, right, says this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. What we don't know about God will hurt us. And what we know about God is going to allow us to live in the faith that he calls us to live. And in reality, this is kind of a painful thing to think about. When we choose to not live by faith, we're calling God a liar. We are choosing to believe that God is not, does not have integrity when we choose to live apart from faith in him. We're saying that, no, I get it. You have your way, but my way is better, right? And so essentially is that we're, God no longer has integrity, Tony Evans actually defined it this way. He said this, Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. It's not, it's not thinking God is telling the truth. It's not believing God is telling the truth. Acting. It means doing, living your life as though God is telling the truth in his word. Right? It's not a feeling, first and foremost. It's what is God calling us to do, and let's do that. Let's actually live our lives like God is telling the truth. 
rather than living our lives as though God is lying to us. Ah, it's really not that way, God. It's really this way. We have to put our faith into action if we're going to call it faith. What we believe about God must be directly tied to how we live our lives. And that will prove it over and over and over again. Is what we know about God. And that's why even with, like, with my kids, I, I'm not a good parent. I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on being a good parent. All right? I'm, I'm going that way. But I continue to pour whatever God's word is into them. Because what they understand about God will determine how they live their lives. And it's not about preaching the, the scariness of the world. And yes, that all of those things are true. But what they understand about God will dictate how they relate to those things. Remember, the righteous shall live by faith. He goes on in verse 2. It says, For it, for by it the men of old gained approval. Right? So he tells us what faith is, right? Our faith is directly tied to what we know about God and how we live that out. So that's faith. What do we know about God? Are we studying his word? I'm hoping the, the idea of studying God's word is really starting to rise in our to-do lists, right? We can be as busy as we want, but if we're not filling our lives with what God is telling us to do, there's no way we can live by faith in him. We're going to live by faith in something. And we may try to convince ourselves that that's what God is calling us to do. But does it line up with the word of God? And now we're going to look at this list, right? And he says, for by it the men of old gained approval. So he's saying, all right, this is it. Let me give you some examples. Let me give you some witnesses to this exact way of living. He's not like, oh, it's kind of this way, right? It's do this and hope it works. No, he's saying, look at this list. I think a lot of times we think, oh, these are superheroes. Like, these are, and, and that's true. They had supernatural faith, but they're not particularly special individuals, right? They didn't have a shield made of vibranium. I mean, come on, right? Look at the list. A farmer, <laughs> a liar, a prostitute, a drunk, a murderer, if you were to put together a list of heroes, superheroes, and only saw those things, you'd probably be like, maybe, maybe that's not a good list. I think my list would have been a little different. And yet, this is what God calls. These are the heroes of the faith because they chose to believe and live the promises of God even when their circumstances told them otherwise. When their circumstances and the world is saying, man, you, you need to do something different. The promises of God said, you walk this way. And they chose to do that, right? They didn't have special powers. They just chose to believe God and his word. They chose to believe that Jesus was better. They chose to believe God's promises were better, right? Anyone can believe in what they can, they can see. But when you look at these people, a lot of them died not even seeing all the promises of God because they knew they were far ahead. Right? And then he kind of gets to his final point in verse 3. So again, all summer we're going to be dealing with these people and kind of seeing the story of, of faith 
and to see their lives. There's some pretty cool people in here, and I think it's going to be pretty awesome. But again, they're not superheroes. They're people as, like you and me, and they chose to believe God in their circumstances. And then he finalizes his point about faith in verse 3. It says, By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made of th- out of things which are visible. So this idea of faith is nothing new to God, right? Go back to Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So God, it took something, somebody we can't see, to use stuff we can't see to make things that we see. Right? God is somebody we don't necessarily see in his physical form. We can see it in his creation. But in the beginning, and then all he did was speak, and what we see, everything that we see was made out of stuff we don't see. That's the difficult part, right? If we look at Thomas, and you're like, man, how did you not believe? How do we believe? Do we live our lives as though God actually created everything that we see? Out of stuff we don't. And so often we look for our problems to be solved in other ways. God called the world into existence with nothing but an utterance. And what is our problem again? Like, what is the world we live in? We, we think we're, we're going to solve it by our opinion. And when you think of everything that's going on in our world, as Christians, what should be our response? I'm going to tell you right now, our response should not be our opinion or someone else's. My wife will tell you, this is why I don't do Facebook. Because I, and I'm going to say right now, We as Christians, if any of our opinions or our responses are not fueled by the gospel and sprinkled with what love, we are wrong. We're wrong. I don't care if it's the most eloquent thing you've ever heard written. If it does not end with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are wrong. And we are not pushing the truth. We are manufacturing someone else's opinion. Anybody could prove their point these days, right? We could prove anybody. You could get a doctor to prove this point. You could get an athlete to prove this point. And we as Christians are not to take sides that way. We are to take sides with this way. We are not our own, right? We were bought with a price. We don't share our own, own opinions. We share his opinions. God called the world into existence with an utterance of his word. And are we going to choose to believe him or not? Look at, remember the centurion in Matthew 8? So you have a Roman centurion. He has a, uh, a servant who's sick, right? Comes to Jesus. He's like, Jesus, I have a servant who's sick. I have a servant who's sick. And he said this to Jesus. He said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Do we believe that God can solve our problems 
by his word? Are we seeking everything else to solve our problems, or are we on our knees before God, and are we in his word and allow him to fix the problem, which may possibly be using something we don't see? What we see comes from what we don't see. And oftentimes, we as Christians think that living by faith is believing something that's not there. Now that's hard to do. The difference with faith is we're believing in something we can't see. It's very different than believing in something that's not there. Faith is not seeing what is not there, but seeing through the haze and the doubt and the sin to what God has already promised through his son, Jesus Christ. You think anything happening is a surprise to God? There's no surprises. He's already made promises. And if we study God's word, if we get to know who God is, though life can be very difficult, oftentimes it makes the decisions very much easy. Right? Life can still be difficult, but our decisions should be much easier. Because when we're going to look at these lists of people, that's the thing. They made those decisions. Man, it didn't make their life easy, right? Our comfort is not going to necessarily be tied to a life of faith. I'm going to tell you that. And when you look at these people, they didn't choose comfort. They chose God and let the chips fall where they may. So faith claims the future as the present through faith, unseen things, again, take on substance, and future things take on reality. It is by faith we hold the clear title to the property of salvation. Right? That's what makes, should make salvation real to us. And though we don't see everything right now, we have to believe that one day he's going to complete it. He's going to complete the work that he started in us. And I just, as we study these people, again, they're not superheroes. They had a supernatural faith because they believed in the one who was supernatural. And they chose to believe that his way was better. They chose to believe that what he had promised would come true, regardless of whether they lived to see it or not. Because many of them didn't. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, the opportunity to, to study your word. And God, our world is in a difficult place. It's, a, it's tough to watch the news or look out in our world and not feel hopeless. And if we only look at the circumstances around us, we will feel that way. And yet, God, you have promised us that if we live by faith, that we will see you work in our lives. We will see you working around us, that the scales will fall from our eyes as we continue to learn who you are and what you're doing. 
and that we know you have things that are yet to come. We thank you for the opportunity to uh, be here together again and know that there are others who are not able to come. God, we pray for them as they are in their homes worshiping with us, God. And to know it's difficult to still be at home. God, we pray for the day we can all be together. And we seek uh, your power in those things. God, but we pray that we as the church would do exactly what you're called us to do, and that is to live by faith. God, and I pray that daily we are strengthening our faith through the study of your word, through getting to know who you are. And there are specific ways we do that. Show us your promises, God. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We just got a few things for you all before we dismiss. Uh, just a reminder, we're not picking up an offering, but if you do have an offering that you'd like to give this morning, there is boxes on your way out of the exit doors that you can dot, drop your offering off. Um, want to remind everyone at 3 p.m. today, um, the uh, new registration for next week will be up on the website. So just want to encourage you all to register early. Our church is notorious for registering like five minutes before the service starts. And so <laughs> get registered early. It just helps us with planning and preparations and all that. Um, we have the ladies' Bible study. Ladies, it's starting on June 23rd. The cost is $5. You can register today online at the, the website. And then Sanctus students, we are meeting one more time at uh, George Junior High for kickball and pizza. We had like 40-plus students that were out there. Um, it was awesome. It was so good to see everyone. Everyone was just, it was great. So if you are a Sanctus student, 6th uh, through 12th grade, we encourage you to, to be out at George Junior High this week for some kickball from 7 to 8 p.m. And that's all I got for y'all. If y'all can please do me a favor as y'all exit uh, today, if people on this side, if y'all can go out this, these exit doors and make your way onto the garden center, you know, everyone here through these uh, back uh, center doors and this, this out here, it'll help us out a lot. Just keeping the flow of traffic, we're going to turn the service, get the chairs ready for the next service. So um, y'all are awesome. We love y'all. Have a really great rest of your week. Thanks.
There's no turning 